my first beer. <laughs> chick from logistics. Things go well, I might be showing her my O face. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. Hey, the sheriff is on this. What do you say? The sheriff is near. No, got a brand thing running. The sheriff is on this. Welcome to a special episode of Movie Review, episode 51, quarantine edition. I am at my home studio. RB is uh, at the other studio, so I will be doing this one solo. And we are talking about what everybody else is talking about right now, which is the new Netflix special, The Tiger King. So I finished the seven part minute series. I'm going to be talking about that one. Then also I'll be doing a review of vices part one of Crispin wall. So I'll be covering that one. So there won't be any movie trailers as we know, a lot of movies have been moved back. So what I'll be talking about is I'll be going over this, um, uh, tiger King with you guys. So it's a pretty excited to do that one. So, uh, let's get into it. So let's get into it. <laughs> this is if you haven't watched this yet, it's it's actually pretty cool. Um it's on Netflix, obviously, Tiger King. It's it's based around a group of uh, characters the main star of it all is joe exotic the man the myth the legend joe exotic is the subject of tiger king murder mayhem and madness on netflix he's a central point in a tangled web of characters that include animal activist carol baskin her missing husband don lewis and his and his band of misfits at the gw zoo in oklahoma so I heard about this and I, and, and then, so I decided to watch it because there is, um, Stark, um, is one of the guys that's on here who comes in towards the end, who is, uh, helping, um, redo the, um, the GW park with, uh, after, um, with Jeff Lowe. So there's Jeff Lowe also, um, who is an investor. And then you go through and look and, um, and Stark is actually from Indiana. He was one of the ones who owns, um, one of those wildlife things in Southern Indiana, actually. So it's pretty interesting to see that I, I've actually met him. His name is T Tim Stark. I've actually met Tim Stark. Um, He's the owner of Wildlife in Need down there in southern Indiana. It's in, um, so he's still in a legal battle as of February 28, 2020. Tim Stark, I went down there in Wildlife in Need. Me, my, um, me, Steph, and the boys went down there to check that out. And he's under the same thing where Pete is trying to shut him down also. 
so and and it's one of those places where we i have pictures of us going down there and actually petting um, we go down and we can do go down and pet tigers like he had sloths and things like that so he just had a hearing in february so where he actually was supposed to allow the inspectors in so there's actually someone from indiana that was involved in it which was kind of cool um so uh, he has bears he has tigers he has monkeys he has sloths so at the end um he had like 120 count conviction um but it's, it's called like a roadside thing Peta hates this guy but he was the one that was helping out jeff Lowe at the end so there's a little bit of tie back into local indiana about it but what can you say about this series that hasn't been said i mean this is some crazy stuff um <laughs> i just like when i was watching i just <laughs> i just couldn't believe it um th this is almost like i don't know it's almost like a tarantino type movie um with, with a band of characters or or even a um guy ritchie type just a weird movie so you have obviously main characters joe exotic um you have rick kirkham who was the um the crew guy or the producer for joe exotic tv that he was actually he was a reporter for inside edition and other outlets so um he was the one that was trying to do the reality show um but he was he came on to do joe tv then you have um staff staffery she's the one uh, there's gonna be a lot of spoilers so because there's some things you can read about already but spoilers so if you don't want to if you haven't seen it you don't want it spoiled then then you know go ahead and i want to skip this episode to you watch it um like a tiger tore her arm off she still went back to she still went back to work there you have uh carolyn baskin she's founder of big cat rescue it's in florida and it's based around her and joe joe was her they were mortal enemies carolyn's life was examined closely in tiger king from her marriage to her second husband uh, Don Lewis, his unsolved disappearance and Joe's attempt on her life. Her husband, Howard Baskin, and daughter, Jamie, from her first marriage, were also featured on the show. He had John Finley, who was one of Joe's husbands, who uh, later, he did the whole interview with no shirt on, which was kind of weird. So that's one of the, one thing that was weird about the, the documentary is if you, you're watching him with no shirt on doing the whole thing. But he actually left Joe for a woman that worked there. There was a receptionist. So that was kind of interesting. And he actually has a child now from 2014. Then you had the guy. Um, he's the director of uh, Myrtle Beach Safari. Um, uh, Doc Annal. Um, kind of comes off like a prophet a little bit. And it's a 50-acre sanctuary in South Carolina. Big cats. And he has a lot of women like it's almost like he has a mormon relationship john rinky he's the he's the one that lost both legs i think in skydiving i believe no um like a bungee cord type thing accident he was a manager of gw zoo and john the right hand man eric cowley <laughs> he's the one that always has the sunglasses on real long hair um he's the one that found the job on craigslist and became one of the head keepers there he had mario tabarine um he was like this he called himself scarface during this of the big cat world served 12 years in prison for drug smuggling and uh which used exotic animals to transplant transplant contraband during and and before turning to exotic pets um he was also got in trouble for, it was him and his father he also got in trouble for i think murder too 
and then um, Barbara Fisher was one of the ones that worked at Docs. She was an apprentice at Docs. Uh, Barbara Priestley worked at Bala, detailed experience working for the Lord. She uh, she was gifted breast implants for a time. Uh, she was adamant she never slept with the Tiger Keeper. Uh, she left Docs, Doc's cult in 2017. There's Travis Maldonado, um, who's the one in the episodes that actually didn't have a gun. He said he didn't have a clip in, put the gun to his head, and actually blew his head off. Um, and it also talks about Doc Andel's wife's in it. Um, Don Lewis, who's the husband that disappeared. Um, you had Ann McQueen, who was Doc's executive assistant, which that's Carol Baskin's second husband and Ann was Don Lewis's uh, secretary. He had Mark Thompson was the head of security. He had Shirley and Francis, um, which was Joe Exotic's parents. They, they're in it. Jeff Lowe. What, and I'll get, uh, I'm going to break down each one of these characters, but Jeff Lowe is the one that probably bothered me most than anything. Then he had Dylan Passage, who was like a, a, um, Joe's um, two months after Travis' death. Joe tied a knot for the third time with Dylan who became his accomplice. You had Joshua Dial, who was the campaign manager. Um, you had Alan Glover, the guy who supposedly got, initially got paid to go down to kill Carolyn. You had James uh, Garrison, um, his hair in this thing. It just, his hair is ridiculous in it. So, those are like the main ones of the stories. I mean, obviously they talked to there's a couple other people in it. So let's just get to Joe exotic, Joe exotic. Obviously he was the main part of the character. He's actually in jail now serving 22 years, um, for, for counts because they eventually got him for murder for hire. They also got him for animal cruelty because once they went to the land, they knew the murder for hire wouldn't stick, in my opinion, because I don't think it would have stuck because there's way too many people involved in this. Um, way too many people involved in this. But in my kind of my opinion, Joe was a narcissist who I think, and they say it in the docuseries, how he started out a certain way. And then as the fame grew and then his clothes had changed and then he's doing country music videos. And I think obviously he talked about, you know, partying and, and then the drugs and everything like that. I just think he just, I think he lost control of who he actually was. I think he was a con artist. Um, I just think that the drugs eventually just rotted his brain in my opinion, if I can be honest about it. Um, and, and just the things that he would say, cause he was right around, when the internet started doing um, live videos, yeah, Joe Exotic TV produced by, because um, that's where uh, Rick, Rick Kirkland came in. So you saw where that's where he came in. And Joe just became more and more just enthralled because Car Caroline basically wanted to, because this is my problem with Caroline, right? So in one, like episode three or four, they start talking about how her husband, Don, who disappeared, that's what he would do. He was breeding tigers. He was selling tigers and he, he was doing a lot of the same thing. He's doing everything that every, all these other big cat owners, what Stark was doing, Doc was doing, Joe was doing, Mario was doing, they were all doing the same thing. And she claims hers is that people pay $50 to go to her thing in Florida. 
Um, and she's saying that it's a, she helps adopt big cats and, you know, and everybody's a volunteer there and they don't pay the people to be there. Um, but she got famous off it, got rich off her other husband. They never even knew how much Don was worth. So there's, there's some estimates of her husband was between up to $10 million. So you have her who honestly, I think is, did not come off as good as she wanted to. I think she was just as evil honestly think she was just as evil as the rest of them in my opinion i really think she was just as evil as the rest of them i think so because you had joe exotic doc and obviously um caroline bath caroline baskin um i just think that her life was examined closely also and i think she did not come off real well she just did not like she just if you listen to her talk she, she was like a fraud to me she came off like a fraud in my honest opinion she came off like a fraud i think she wants everybody to think that she's this great big cat whisperer saver like her husband knew his husband called her the mother Teresa of cats and i think that's all hogwash i just think that if you notice something about all all of the people that were big cat owners they all had massive egos. They all thought they were bigger than life because that they can talk to tigers or not talk to tigers, but train them and be in cages with them. So, and may, and I agree, you probably have to have an ego to be around these big cats because they could, they can kill you. Um, and then she believes that, you know, in my opinion is if, if you, a true sanctuary is if you try to put them in a closest natural habitat, that that they have not not these little cages and right now i think on there's more cats cat there's more big cats in personal collection than there is in the wild and that's mind-boggling because it, it, there's some kind of ego that says oh look i have this this tiger um crossbreeding like a liger and things like that and then accusations of putting them of of doc killing them and then joe exotic killing them I mean, because once they, the cubs got so big, they were, they were not value to anybody anymore. Like, you know, cause I think it's from one to six weeks, maybe seven, eight weeks up to, so then they have value because of all the petting and, um, pictures and everything like that. Cause when we, when we went to that, when we went to the one down there that Tim Stark had, like we didn't, I, I didn't know. It was controversial. We didn't know. It was like, oh, wow, you're able to, to meet cubs because stop and think about it. Is the chance of holding a tiger or a chance of being around a sloth or a chance to be around a monkey and seeing certain snakes and seeing certain things like hold them and pet them and take pictures with them. I mean, that, that's our society. is like same way we want to get a picture taken with a certain race car or a certain athlete or, or if we go to New York or if we go to California, like the Hollywood sign, there's certain everybody wants to have a picture have that moment of it right so you so i see why people did it. i'm not condoning it i mean i believe there's certain domesticated animals and i believe that there's animals that belong in the wild but obviously in the wild in certain countries with poachers and you know killing elephants and killing rhinos and killing tigers and you know and, and then i mean basically right now look what we're dealing with 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 
across the world is the coronavirus. Where did that come from? If you, if you go through Wuhan, guess what? Exotic animals eating bats. You know, over there, if you want, there's a video where they're eating dogs there, or you can buy a dog, or you can buy these things that normally you wouldn't see because it's exotic meat and people are buying it. So I, I it, it just all comes down to money because some of these tigers were worth four or $5,000. These cubs were, and even the big cats were still worth thousands of dollars. So it, it just comes down to my, I'm not saying a lot of them didn't care about the, the cats. And, and like they said in the documentary, I think Joe cared about the cat in the beginning, but as with a lot of people, you get fame, you get money and you think you're bigger you're bigger than than you're bigger than laws, and you're bigger than normal society says how you should act. Then, then, then you're going to run into this problem. I mean, the guy was. I mean, these guys just the, the way that they handle guns. I mean, they were walking around shooting guns like it was nothing. I'm not talking about shooting a pond, but I was like, there's one scene in there where it has uh, Maldonados. Um, I think it's their mom standing there, and then like he's firing in the air, and then he's firing at the ground, and I'm like. Yeah, I'd be out. I mean, look what happened. Travis accidentally shot him. Travis accidentally shot himself um, while, while he was there. Um, that's how he died. It's a very entertaining series. Um, I recommend you watching it. It, it. I mean, it's not tough to watch, um, but it's very interesting to watch. So, um, <clears throat> some of the other characters, like I said, John Finley. Um, Met him at the age of 19, married him for 11 years. Along the course of the marriage, they added their third spouse, Travis, and John got some serious ink to profess his love for his husband, including a tattoo of the Reds, privately owned by Joe Exotic, below his belly button. And at the end, I think he gets a bull to cover it up. This guy, he, he had a meth problem, and I think Joe knew he had a meth problem. So Joe kept him full of drugs and whatever he needed. And, you know, there's, <laughs> there's music videos and, you know, there's photos. So couldn't find out John wasn't really gay. He was not really gay at all, but he'd stayed because he came, probably didn't have anything before he got there. And Joe was able to give him things that um, he was not able to get. And, and it's weird to think about you're going to be gay because of the drugs that you can get. Um, and then come down to Travis, who um, was technically Joe's second husband. He was not also 19 years old when he met Joe and, and married Joe and his first husband, John. So all three were kind of married together. Travis died uh, accidentally shooting himself in the head on the property. He also struggled with drug addiction during his time with Joe. Once again, 19-year-old California kid came out there. Um addicted to drugs and during a documentary you can almost see him change a little bit um his behavior and everything like that but it just goes to show you that it's that um it's things that some people are capable of doing to others where they use their addiction or their addiction and their vice to them and then and then they know and then they can make them feel like well if you leave you know Look what I've done for you. Look where you came from, etc., etc., etc. So it's just really that part was tough to watch, especially from being so young and actually shooting himself in the head. And then you go around, and then it seems like maybe some gun control on that GW's GW zoo there probably could have probably you know could have helped out a little bit. But not everybody, in my opinion, was crazy in that. 
um, that worked at GW. Because if you go through and you look at, you know, Eric, who, you know, he found a job on Craigslist. And if you go through and look at him and he was, um, he worked hard. These guys lived in trail. <laughs> the living conditions were unreal. They lived in trailers and um, no heat. They got meat off the Walmart truck, expired meat. Um, but you know, they're paying like one ninety a week. So $800 a month, not a lot of other places to go And but you saw how hard some of these guys worked. But then again, I think there's also an atmosphere of kind of could do things you weren't in a normal, I don't want to say it was like a cult. Maybe it was a little bit like a cult. It's not like docs cult because docs, docs in South Carolina seemed like it was ran obviously very militant very militant um joe's was just like almost like a rock man really like as the popularity grew and the money grew is is the um i i think the the addictions and then the substance abuse and then you know they were buying whatever they wanted to buy you know guns trucks tires and then they just kind of lived on the outskirts of, of society and outside its normal rules. Um, the, I mean, the other guy that I really, you know, is the, I'm bad with names. And then you had Mark Thompson, who was um, head of security. Um, And he just seemed like a normal guy. And I, and that was what was weird to me is, is some of these people seem like normal guys. Like Mark was like well-dressed, well-spoken. I'm just like, I, it's weird. Unless he was paid really, really well. It, to me, it was hard to see how long he, he was willing to, to stay there. Cause it, but then again, a lot of these places, it looked like uh, people could never, uh, never leave. But I mean, if you go through and you look at John Ranke, who, you know, um, he was Joe's right hand guy, and I just think he, I think he saw how things were, and I think he stayed for the longest time for him because I, I think he was afraid what was going to happen if he wouldn't be there. I'm not saying he's a savior or anything like that, but I think he was the one that really took care, helped take care of the animals, and and try to make sure that their best interest for what he could do was this is the best interest for the cats versus what he was trying to do. So, um, cause I don't think a lot of those, I'm, we don't know what abuse was going on. I mean, he was found like 22 counts for animal cruelty. So, um, but the one guy that bothered me the most, and there's a lot of things that, I mean, doc was a huge douchebag in my opinion. And he was eventually raided by the FBI. Um, if you go down, the Jeff Lowe guy, this Jeff Lowe bothered the shit out of me because he looked like he wore the same outfit every day and he was wearing like affliction t-shirts, a bandana an Oakley hat. And he was wearing like diesel jeans. Like he dressed like the, and you can say, well, look how Joe dressed. Joe had his own style. Joe was out to lunch. Joe had his own style. I get it. But this guy, um, as an investor, but he was a fraud. Um, it was a fraud. He had, um, he basically, you know, taken the Cubs to Vegas and 
pictures and pictures with you know you know because if you if you have a baby tiger you know everybody's going to see it pat it take pictures with it i honestly think he was one of the worst ones out of all of them i know joe was crazy but i think jeff was a embezzler i think jeff was a liar i think i think jeff um i think he did a lot more than he let on really so jeff lowe was was a really bad person because his right hand person was alan glover Alan Glover was the originally Joe's handyman. He became the first hitman Joe tried to pay to kill Carolyn, gave him three grand and his cell phone with her photo. Alan did not complete the task. Instead, he returned home to South Carolina. So, because what makes no sense is Alan hated, Alan hated Joe. I mean, that's one thing that you hear him talking about is how much he hated Joe. So, I, I don't understand why. I don't understand. That's why I think they got him on the animal charges more than anything. I don't understand why he would agree to kill somebody if somebody didn't like. Unless there was some coercion with Alan and Jeff Lowe. That's just kind of how I looked at it a little bit. Because right now, I mean, there's some people I don't like. If they were like, hey, I'll give you 3000 to do something, I'm not going to do it for them. Um, so I don't, I didn't see loyalty between Alan and Joe and Alan and Jeff. Yes. So I saw the loyalty there. And then James Gar, uh, Um, he's the one that's responsible for Joe's eventual arrest. Um, turned against Joe and became an informant for the FBI. It was James who introduced Joe to the second hitman and undercover agent and, and got arrested for his murder for hire plot. Um, cause he got, they came in and saw he had a lemur illegally. I just understand with all the stuff they did like James and then also, um, low, I don't understand why they're not in jail. So that's one thing that was really, um, confusing for me on there. So, I mean, cause I mean, if you go through and look as James Allen, I don't think he's a brainiac, but he seems like a guy that messed people up. So. One of the most sympathetic characters I had on there was Joshua Dial. He was the campaign manager, and he also was the one in the office. They showed the video of him watching Travis accidentally shooting himself. <laughs> but it was just a dream to be a campaign manager. I mean, he had some pretty good, you know, talked about how Joe was crazy and everything like that, but, like, he did not fit in as much, and I can't believe how much time he spent at that zoo. But he really wanted to get Joe elected, and I think Joe was like third in the governor race. That's unreal. But it is Oklahoma. Stranger things can happen. Um, so I, fe I felt bad for Josh. I really did, Joshua, um, for everything that <laughs> he had to go through out there. Um, his parents, you saw how much Joe... Um, Francis, uh, Father Francis Shirley were dragged in the middle of his drama with Caroline after she sued Joe's mom for illegally transferring funds and didn't help that Shirley's name was on the bill. So, so Joe, basically what they would do is do a lot of quick deeds. That way, if he got sued, like none of the assets were in his name, none of the trucks were in his name. So that way, if they had to give up stuff. And because I know Caroline hated him. But my problem with Caroline is... Like she was, um, she just, I don't know. They hate each other so much, but she was just trying to take so much silly things 
and you know and i knew <laughs> and it was just funny because joe would because there was a where they had the tv studio at it, and it showed someone coming on the property and blowing it up so some people thought it was was joe other people thought it was um rick um kirkham but there's this scene in here where joe goes sees his lawyer he talks about they're going to do the reality show he basically lawyer's like well he owns everything so um he actually went to norway that's where um that's where rick still is now and he left after it blew up and said he had a ner- this dude had a nervous breakdown because of it um he said he, he expressed a lot of regret for working for um working for joe i don't blame him i I just never understood how long he was willing to stay there because he he had to see a lot of things that that were not shown in my opinion he had to see a lot of them and he had he had he had to see a lot and then but he still stayed around for a very long time um, he actually told the story how he got bit by a sp- um, a spider on there, and he lost his hearing for a while and the conditions and things like that. So it's almost like, but they didn't do like kind of like where they're at now, because that's one thing I wanted to know is like where some of these people are now um, to see what had kind of happened to him. So there's a couple articles about kind of like some of the things that were left out. Um, there's an article from Screen Rant, Tiger King, what Netflix documentary leaves out about the true story. Um, but it glosses over key subplots. Here's what isn't fully explored. So that's kind of... Um, one thing they really get into is um, touches upon Joe's exotic singing career, but actually lip sync his songs. Wow. The series also does give a full picture of Carolyn Basket, Baskin. Um, while well, I'm taking a deep into Jeff Lowe. The, the, doesn't talk about Joe's... That is right. The series also does talk about a full picture of Joe's exotic reputation in Oklahoma. Uh, while also not really touching on a full larger issue of tiger breeding... Uh, overall, the series zeroes in on Joe Exotic by leaving out some of the significant um, facts. So, Jeff Hatlow, uh, they're still operating, and that zoo at the end of it, they still have not moved it yet. They're supposed to be open in the end of 2019, as of December, still not open yet. Uh, the other thing is the producers of the documentary said so they still have a bunch of unused footage that they might be able to do. Um, so, it sounds like. You never know what's going to happen, <clears throat> but kind of my take on it. It's a very, very strange tale. Um, I think, uh, greed money obviously played a big part in it. Um, I'd love for her first husband, Don to be find out what happened to him, but we'll never know. So, uh, check it out. It's kind of my breakdown of it. Um, it just seems like the, uh, you have to have one hell of an ego. Like I said earlier to be in the big cat business, maybe, and I think uh, everybody that was involved in it, that was from Doc to Lowe to Mario, Caroline, um, to obviously 
Joe Exotic. Like, they just very, very shady, shady, shady. That's Stark, too. Very shady people. Um, I think they do care about animals a little bit, but I think they, they know... Um, a lot of them know the money involved in it. And a, lot, a lot of them also believe in that it's almost like their second amendment right like guns uh they think the animals they have a right to them no one has a right to an animal um so i just i just think that it's very sad to see that they haven't passed the big cat act which means you cannot privately own a big cat um they also because at one point in time talking about i think it was in ohio where there's 22 tigers they had to kill because they were all let out by the owner who eventually lost his mind so i don't know check it out seven part series netflix that's very interesting so the other subject i want to get into was the vice um just put out i think they started season two um the very first one that they're doing now it's called dark side of the ring as about Chris Benoit's story, which also touches on Eddie Guerrero, their relationship, and everything that happened. Season one, uh, that's where I started watching, is they had uh, six episodes. Uh, episode one was um, Rainy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. Episode two was the Bret Hart and the Montreal Screwjob. Episode three was Bruce or Brody. Episode four was Von Eric Family. Five was Gino Hernandez. And six was Fabulous Moolah. Uh, season seven, or I'm sorry, season two is going to include, um, episode one is Benoit part one season. Episode two is Benoit part two. The, uh, episode three is a life and crimes in new Jack. Uh, episode four is brawl for all episode five is Jimmy Snuka and the death of Nancy Argentino. Uh, episode six is to be determined. Um, episode seven is assassination of Dino Bravo. Um, and then it looks like there's going to be some about Herb Abrams, Owen Hart and the road warriors. Uh, these are narrated by Chris Jericho. First season was narrated by Mick Foley and Dutch Mintel. So it's on, it's on vice. It's awesome. I'm not a big, I remembered when this happened with Chris Benoit. I do. Um, when we heard he died, Vince Mann came out and talked about how great he was. And they come out and found out it was a murder-suicide. How he placed Bibles next to his wife and son. They do have his oldest son in episode one. Uh, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, Chavo Guerrero. Um, they have Nancy Benoit's sister. Uh, Kevin Sullivan didn't appear on it. Kevin Sullivan was actually Nancy Benoit's. Her wrestling name was Woman in WCW. She didn't appear on WWF TV or WWE. They talk about um, not a whole lot of his backstories. He was Canadian. Um, Canadian Stampede. It talks about who his idol was, uh, which was the Dynamite Kid, which. And I, my kid is actually in a wheelchair now also. Um, but part one was basically about how they focused a lot on one Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero did not die of a drug overdose. He actually did that at 38 years old. He died of heart disease. So, um, and how, what that did to Chris, cause Chris didn't take time off after, after that, he actually stayed on the road. Cause at that moment in time, those guys were doing 280 shows. 280 days maybe 300 days 
depending on they eventually did the brand split so they wouldn't have to do both shows but benoit was eventually a champion so was guerrero they focused on guerrero's death the effect that it had on chris um, how it became withdrawn um they talked about the day that they they said benoit died and you know vince talking to him and everything like that so um and then the, the story came out jericho talks a lot chavo talks a lot dean's on there perry saturn's not on there perry saturn was part of the radicals who came over from wcw there was four of them at that time which was dean chris um eddie and then perry saturn perry saturn has his own been had his own substance abuse um issues so it was very very interesting to see um um it's it's just it's just tough to watch um son was seven um it's just oh man it's even it's just it's it's tough so this was back in 2007 i mean he he was 40 years old same age as me um, they were living in Georgia, killed his wife, Nancy, suffocated their seven year old son, Daniel, before hanging himself, um, showed that his wife was murdered first. Um, she was bound and her feet and wrists and died as asphyxiation, cho- you know, basically being choked. Nancy was found wrapped in a towel with blood under her head. Um, a couple son, Daniel Christopher Benoit also died of. He was killed by laying in his bed in the morning of June 23rd. Then on the evening of 24th, Benoit committed suicide in his weight room where he, he used his lap pull-down machine to hang himself. He placed copies of the Bibles alongside the bodies of his wife and son, as well as the third Bible next to his own body. Since Benoit's suicide, numerous explanations for his actions have been proposed, including chronic traumatic, basically CTE, steroid, and alcohol abuse, and a felon marriage. The incident led to numerous media accounts and the federal investigation of steroid abuse and professional wrestling. Um, probably pain pills, too. It talks about the text that he received about how the dog was put up and the back door was unlocked and he sent it to him and um and, uh, to chavo guerrero it's just uh, it's awful to watch i mean because this guy was a um never had any issues before no signs of it anything so if you're a wrestling fan or if you're a murder mystery fan or if you remember this story it's pretty good and some of these other stories i just told you about um especially the one from season one gino hernandez is an interesting death uh, the von Erichs is a tragedy i mean gino's death was tragedy bruiser brody was another one that was a tragedy um randy savage missile is with both have passed away Randy died of a heart attack while driving and his car went into a pole. So make sure to check out those series. A lot of those are all on YouTube now at Vice. So those were two that I kind of watched and I watched a lot of the other Vice ones. So check them out. Obviously King Tigers is the one that's all the buzz right now. Also on Netflix, um, Tom Segura, new specials out. Burt Kreischer's new special is out. A lot of new comedies out. So I know that's real popular right now. Go watch some comedy. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to the show as always. Um, 
uh today is wednesday so a brand new podcast produced all over flyover media studios is wheeze nuts that's out today monday is juice in the morning bj robbins project also comes out on monday on tuesday we have tina and doe the new episode dropped yesterday which was the me too one it was a great one i listened to on wednesday is movie review and also wheeze nuts and on thursday is off the cuff calvin devon on friday is uncle buckhouse so uh this saturday myself juice and ap if everything goes well the 29th i believe or 28th saturday uh, 11 a.m we'll be going over to wave one studio we're going to be doing kind of a live show that'll come out the following monday so i appreciate everything you guys do go to flyover media on facebook uh i am obviously bj robbins on facebook um twitter's at the bj robbins at bj robbins and then instagram is bj underscore robbins so uh for myself and rb i appreciate everybody listening in um i hope everybody's safe uh hopefully you guys get a chance to maybe this will give you a chance to do just first time i did an in-depth review review of one so i hope you guys enjoyed it if you did just leave a comment uh, like subscribe everything like that so i uh, love all you guys and hope everyone's safe till next time see you later kids